Hey friends, I'm Ashley. Hey you guys, I'm Lainey. And this is Haunted Real Estate. deep into spooky season now so deep we also have in the pod lab casey hi there hello clarice there he is he doesn't really have a microphone so you know his audio might be a little bit different because he's just sharing one next to me uh so we cannot let october pass us by without talking about a very familiar spooky topic witchcraft (laughs) god the silence in here all i hear is the Screech, screech of that chair. So it's not really a matter of what you believe witches are, but really the impact that the fear of witchcraft had. So of course there are practicing witches and we know well of the Salem witch trials here in the United States, especially, Um, but we don't really talk nearly as often about the witch hunts and witch trials outside of the United States, at least here in the United States. We don't talk about it. Maybe it's a very common topic in Europe and you guys are like, yeah, turn this off. We don't need to hear. We have the OG witches in Europe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you do. So between the 1500s through the 1700s, the fear and hatred ran strong and most if not all were completely irrational fears oh i already know it's just gonna be devastating of people it is you know whistled weird and they're a witch or tripped over a branch so now they're cursed oh i'm really dwelling on the fact you said whistled weird because you know i feel like my s's make a whistle sound that was a lot of s's <laughs> that i felt like witch 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 you're a witch <laughs> Leave it to a witch to host this episode of Witchcraft. Because I hate when my mouth makes that sound. It's so annoying. And people are like, oh, you have such strong 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 ashes. I think only you notice it. You've mentioned that to me before. I'm like, well, you know, I was paranoid about it. And then Will's, you're listening, talking about you. Will, our brother, or Will's a person with Will's. Okay. Yeah, Will's. He was like, oh, you have very strong S's. Like, you can hear. I'm like, I know. Now that somebody, sorry. So now that somebody else pointed it out, I'm super paranoid about it. So we did the history of Halloween in Ireland. Now let's hop over right next door to Scotland. Ooh, yay. And learn a little bit about the lores, the legends, the truth about witches. And before I dive in, I do want to say that this one is a little less spooky. It is more historical. I know some people prefer to know that up front because they're coming in for haunted real estate. And this is haunted of, you know, ghosts of history's past is what this really is. It's going to be less hauntings. Well, I like how you started with it's spooky season. Fast forward. So this isn't spooky. (laughs) Scotland has a fascinating history, and I think it needs to be talked about. And I really wanted to immerse myself in it for a while. So you guys just get to listen to me immersing myself in Scottish history, and you're going to hear what I I learned. We're going to be jizzing our pants by the end of this. Oh, my gosh. So Scotland has a fascinating history that I just, I really didn't want to pass it up. And uh, Lainey and I are a little Scottish ourselves. So we will hit Scotland again with more haunted properties. So this isn't the end of Scotland for us. But the history of witchcraft, both fact and fictional in Scotland is super interesting. So first of all, witchcraft and sorcery is traced back thousands of years ago across multiple cultures across the globe. History Magazine came out with a really interesting uh, topic, I guess. It was witches of past and present. So if you see that at the grocery store, take a gander at it because I I did buy it. Yeah, and pick it up when you're in a long line because it's $12.99 and I thought that was absurd for a magazine. Okay. It was $12.99, but it was an interesting resource, you know, to use. So oh, yeah. I did and like you it. You will have it forever. And it's got, oh yeah, I'm keeping it. Um, it's got really cool pictures and stuff like that. So I'd like to start with some of the lesser talked about religions or cultural ideas in Scotland that start way back so get in your Wayback Machine. Is it called the Wayback Machine? Okay. The Wayback. That's from Peabody and Sherman. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
cool. Um, and so we're not quite sure how way back, but the earliest records are from the 3rd century BCE, uh, before Common Era, in case you were like, what does BCE mean? I was actually wondering what that was. Before Common Era. Okay. I was going with before Christ, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, people did say B.C. before Christ, but B.C.E. is now kind of the more modern. I gotcha. Verbiage uh, acronym. Yeah. Um, so this was at least 2,400 years ago. These are the Druids. So the Druids did come up in our Halloween episode, um, but they do have an important history in Ireland and Scotland and much of Europe, including Britain and France. That's kind of, these are the areas where they hung out more commonly. So we cannot miss talking about them. We also mentioned before the Druid before that the Druids did not keep records. Much of their history was passed orally. What? Passed passed down orally through conversation. Got it. Hey, this is what happened. Tell the others. That kind of thing. Not literally I, I like that. Used verbally, but yes, okay. I understand now. Where oh, you're giggling about oral <laughs> yes. because you're 12. Got yes. it. I didn't know. The, I didn't even know what you were giggling about. <laughs> Casey I picked did. up on that right away. I I was not. He knows me so well. I'm not picking that. I thought she was just I confused. Um, so what we know about them came from source from several other sources, but one of the primary sources that people use for the Druids actually comes from Julius Caesar. So since Julius Caesar, again, I'm really worked on my S's for that, FYI, and I just whistled again. It's only in your head. I'm hearing it so bad now. I'm never going to use an ash again. Okay, that sucks for your name, Ashley. Yeah, but it's an ash sound. Ashley? Ashley. Since Julius Caesar basically wanted to conquer territories that the Druids were in during the Gallic Wars, he did have a, I would say, a biased view. So there could be some exaggeration, but honestly, we really don't know. And it is, like I said, it's used as a primary source for what we do know about the Druids. So the word Druids, they were members of an ancient Celtic priesthood. And so the word Druid comes from the Celtic word, knower of the oak tree. And rituals near oak trees were actually very important. And they were very outdoorsly. Outdoorsly? I'm sorry. Outdoorsy. Uh, They were closely attuned to the natural world. So much of the Celtic uh, deities were related to nature, like water, plants, animals. They really looked at the natural elements and their spiritual significance. So many S's. And the sun and the moon were also important and seen as symbols that they did leave behind. So the sun is life-giving. So any sort of religion or belief centered around the natural world, of course, the sun would play a strong role because you need the sun to live. And it grows things. like that description of the sun. It grows things. Um, Without it, we'd all be dead. Even though in Texas, I feel like the sun is going to be the death of all of us here. It's also life-giving. The Druids had rituals and sometimes sacrifices, according to Julius Caesar. And they did sacrifice animals and sometimes people. So why am I even talking about this? Well, people believe witchcraft is all centered around worshiping the devil. And it's not. Some may be. I am not saying that. But there is a lot of misinformation about witchcraft and what it is and what it was. It's been defined so many ways, but we tend to take take away how it was defined in the 1600s, which was basically consorting with the devil was witchcraft. And I feel like I, I've said devil several times, so devil, devil, if this is a Beetlejuice situation, we're all in trouble. That girl is the devil. So the Druids and pagans share a lot of common beliefs and neither really have an association with the devil. It's important to note that not all pagans believe in the same thing. And I we also did talk about that in the Halloween episode, but there is a shared common theme which is typically nature with wiccans with druids with pagans nature kind of seems to be what it's all centered around and it's all very spiritual pagans focus more on honoring gods or goddesses while druids focus more on the environment and nature so there really were witch-like people in what is probably actually defined as more witchcraft all throughout the british isles ireland scotland wales britain all had this sort of like the nature lovers the pagans which you might consider witchy type people Uh, many have been polytheistic which is the belief in multiple gods or goddesses they believe in the use of natural elements and some did of course believe in magic do you believe in magic do you kind of okay casey (laughs) do i believe in magic yeah no Okay. There's a small inkling that thinks that 
it can happen. I just don't possess the power. Not many do. But I would say that nobody asked me if I believe in magic. Do you but believe just, in magic? Well, now you don't get to know. You never asked me. I'm saying, I asked you first. That song <laughs> is in the form of a question. It's possible. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I just, I'm just kind of always open-minded. Like, yeah. eh, I haven't seen it, but there's... Yeah, there, put your foot down and I do believe no. in supernatural things, so... Yeah. Why not? So when talking about pagans, druids, Wiccans is more of like a modern day thing, so they're not really a part of this, but few of them have like actual real evil origins. So let's fast forward to the 16th century. From the third? From the third century? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I'm, now I'm just going into like clo- to, to witchcraft and witch trials and stuff like that. I got you. But laying down the history, there From were the druids, there were pagans, open. there were people, and you know, go back to the Ireland episode, we talked about a lot of history in that episode too, that there were people that you would probably look at and consider them witchy. I don't know, I just keep using that word, is it another better word? English major that can... I, I like how you said witch-like. Witchy? Yeah. Witch-a. Okay. <laughs> Witch-a woman. Okay, we don't have another word to use, I guess. But you see a lot of that there. You see a lot of superstition. You see a lot of folklore. Scottish and Irish love their folklore. So you can kind of see where the, the scene is set back then, and now we're fast-forwarding to the 16th century. So between 1536 and set to 1736, so 200 years, Scotland stood witness to some of the most violent and intense witch hunts in all of Europe. Thousands ended up being executed, and of course, most were women being accused of practicing witchcraft and in some form or fashion consorting with the devil. So this irrational fear that became extremely widespread really started the beginning of the Reformation area. Error. Area. Did oh. you say reformation? Reformation. <laughs> Era, which was early 1500s. It's also known as the Protestant Reformation Era because it's the beginning. Beginning. Oh what is happening? Are you? This you looks, need me to take over. This looks so painful for you. You like cringe when I like make oh, a misstep. He looks like he's you know feel sorry up for with me. This woman. He's like, oh, she dumb. Simple. I'm very down. Simple Ashley. <laughs> Okay, let's try this again. Also known as the Protestant Reformation Era because it was the beginning of Protestantism. Does that sound right? You have strong P's. Stop it. I'm going to be so paranoid. (laughs) So it's one of the three main branches of Christianity. So before Protestantism... The Catholic Church pretty much ruled all and had a very, very strong power that came from the Vatican over most countries in Europe. So Protestant reformers were denouncing Catholicism, and some of it is very understandable. So the Pope had a lot of power, and the Church, and I mean, when I say Church in this sense, it's just the general word for the Catholic Church, Mm -hmm. had become extremely corrupt. So a lot of people were turned off by Catholicism. This brings me back to my Ireland episode of um, Loftus Hall when I was like, so you have the Protestants and the Catholics, and, you know, they basically hated each other. Mm -hmm. So just just kept... They did. Yeah, I mean, here in the U.S., like, I think that's difficult for us to understand or, like, truly fathom that because we're very open about religion, like, open-minded to, believe whatever you want to believe. You want to believe that frog is a god? Like, you believe that frog is a god. You do. Rip it, rip it, baby. But back then, like, if you believe that frog is a god, you must be a witch yeah it's you're familiar and you're a witch no i I was only pointing it out because if either one of us were going to be a teacher i'm glad it was you when i wasn't like and they all hated each other in the end that's all you need to know the end (laughs) i gotcha so protestant reformers basically wanted to remove that papal influence which was still while still remaining christian so the reformation began in wittenberg germany on october 31st 1517 which is weird because there's two october 31st dates in today's episode so i thought that that was really interesting and probably wait that's halloween (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that great commentary so i don't think that that was a coincidence uh but the main thing about protestantism is is they challenged the catholic church in them acting like because they thought you know the catholic church is trying to act as some sort of intermediary between people and god protestants didn't believe that People should be doing that, basically. So Protestantism advocated for a very strict interpretation of the Bible, which you can already see could cause some issues and led a lot of people to taking that word of God as law and taking it into their own hands and to act on it, which, again, is going to be a problem. So the Bible is interpreted differently based on the reader, based on circumstances. So this is very challenging when a religion decides to be very literal. 
because that's not nece- that may not be the intention. Does that make does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Okay, you can't nod your head on a podcast. No. Well, I, I, th- I didn't know you were recording. I thought you were just that's, that's getting the your red thoughts light. straight. Well, sometimes I get my thoughts straight while I'm recording. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> you get unfiltered, Ashley. Okay, so one of the many reasons why the Bible has been studied and translated in over 700 different languages, the Bible has been translated over 700 times. So when you translate words 700 times, it may change. The words may change meaning, and there's yeah. certain languages that have words that they don't, don't translate exactly the same. Yeah. So taking everything so literal is going to be very challenging when the document has just been rewritten so many times. Or not document, the books of the Bible. Plus, it was also written 2,000 plus years ago. So things might, like I said, maybe the tension was not to be taken so literally. Um, so not only did the reformers believed in strict interpretation of the Bible, they also demonized absolutely anything that they felt contradicted their beliefs, which led to superstition and fear. So witches, pagans, druids, etc. were not the only targets. Uh, Anybody that contradicted Catholicism or Protestantism or something like that, that could be seen as some kind of threat. So Protestant Reformation spread throughout Scotland and Scottish Parliament made Protestantism the official religion as of 1560. If you remember from our Ireland episode, St. Patrick came to Ireland, which was really the beginning of the end of Druidism, since it very much clashed with the Catholic Church. So let's talk about what was going on in Scotland during the time that led to some of the most brutal witch hunts and torture. You're getting a good backstory here, you guys. So their strict religious beliefs were clearly a huge factor. Certain people were simply seen as a threat to those beliefs, so they needed to be eliminated. Secondly, the patriarchy. Women can't be independent in 1560 or have any kind of success of their own or contradict men. How are you feeling right now? I feel great. <laughs> I am glad to be alive in today's world. I cannot imagine the challenge these women had. It would, going no, it through really, all this was truly just... really hard to fathom, like, how different it is and sad to, to be a woman. Like, you were just there to make babies. Yeah, like you, like to come and, up. <laughs> to, to come and to come into the world and feel like you just have like you're like a cow, not like a whole lot no, of purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. So women that were healers and midwives and had knowledge of medicine, herbs, remedies to ailments were seen as people, mostly women, with the power over life or death. So if a woman gave birth to a stillborn or a child that only survived a few days, the midwife was often to blame. Was that midwife jealous? Did she cause this? Oh my god. Not not, you know, that it's the 1500s and there's disease and there's a million different yeah. things that it could be. Mm-hmm. And those things just were not understood. So if a healer came and cured a sick person, the assumption is, well, if she can heal, can she also harm? So this wasn't just Scotland, of course, uh, but for thousands of years, uh, sorcerers, witches, what have you, believed that if you had powers for good, it was believed that if you were one of those things, if you had powers for good, then you also possessed the powers to harm others. So all that is really scary because especially both of those sort of professions as healers and as midwives, you're supposed to be good for the community. You're supposed to be helping people. Yeah. So you're the, who knows why? Go ahead. It's just like they're the light and the really tough and challenging time that you're going through. They're there to guide you. Right. And you just have knowledge of these herbs that'll help like heal your tummy ache. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, you know, somebody has a heart attack and you somehow caused that because you looked at them weird, you know, like who knows? Like the fact that it's so, what movie was that? Where they, where they make fun of like, she, Monty Python, Python, she weighed more than the duck. Therefore she was a witch. Like, like it's, it's so wild that these things are taken as fact. Like it's crazy to look at that now. People were just very paranoid and very superstitious. And obviously there's a huge lack of information. Mm -hmm. So you definitely don't want to be considered any kind of outsider because that is a great way to be targeted. These religious and political figures of the time wanted to do all they could to suppress women and any kind of influence they could have over the community. Another factor that comes into play leading to witch hunts are economic and political hardships. And that kind of plays a huge factor in any sort of political and economic hardship. There's usually an accompanied like major social issue. Oh yeah. Going they they kind of all coincide together. So if there was a crop failure, it was chalked up to, it wasn't going to be chalked up to poor weather or the soil conditions. It always went back to supernatural conditions. That's so wild cuz even the, at this time people are just so intolerant to be educated as well. Yes. It's like yes. even if you were given the correct information, they're going to dub you a witch or Yeah, close-minded. Yeah. Just completely close-minded. 
I'm glad we've evolved. I mean, some people still are close-minded, but compared to that, right. we are so evolved, and thank goodness. Right, and you have such access to information now that so much, that I think that's why so much of this feels in, just entirely like, no, this isn't real, this didn't happen. Yeah. You, you don't make sense. So in that time, it's just much easier to blame a person that could be causing this than some uncontrollable external factor. People make for easy scapegoats, so why not call them witches and blame them? So if anyone or a group of people had fallen ill, it could... It wasn't going to be some disease that was spreading. It wasn't going to be germs or bacteria. Like we said, there wasn't information going around that people even had any inkling or understanding that. I mean, washing hands was like 100 years ago. I know, that's so wild. That is wild that for thousands of years we weren't washing hands. I know, and think about the surgeries they did perform. They would just pick stuff up and just oh yeah, go Sharing, eat afterwards. Yeah. Just wipe it on your apron. Sharing a bloody scalpel and yeah. Washing, you know, John's blood, just wiping it on your shirt and then going over to Nicholas and performing surgery. Like, it's it's all crazy. So rarely, I feel like, did you, like, in war, how often did people actually die from weapons? And how many actually died because of surgeries and operations or just illnesses because you just didn't even know how to, what to do with the wound? Yeah, So if tragedies were to happen, it was witches. It all went back to supernatural forces and witches would be to blame. So on the political scale, witch witch hunting at the time had the support from the authorities, but also the king. King James VI supported witch hunts. He became king after his mother, Queen Mary of Scots, abdicated the throne in 1567. And side note on that, pretty sure by him supporting witch hunting, it meant that he was never going to be to blame for any kind of hardship that happened. It was, I'm not saying he didn't believe in witchcraft, but it's very convenient for the leader to be like, yep, witches did that. It totally wasn't that economic policy I passed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like something like that. And and honestly, it also gave him a way to not deal with the welfare of the people. Like, nope, it, it's witches that are causing this. Nope, you're poor because of witches. Oh, you don't have food well, because yeah. the witches wanted that. And that's pretty classic for leaders like that, too. They'd rather instill fear among everyone than do anything to fix any problem. Yeah. So reading this now in 2023, it seems very convenient that the king would throw his support at this. He may have wholeheartedly, absolutely believed all of this, but it also seems like convenient theories for you king james yes so yeah the government had full support on this which to the people makes it feel more legitimate because the king is saying there are witches causing this the king is an authority figure yeah so therefore that must be the truth for us if the u.s government were to be like look there's aliens walking among us and we need to find them how scary would that freaking be it would turn into another witch hunt anybody well, who see, looked, i don't know now because even with like covid vaccines half half of us wanted them half of us didn't it was like no no one just did it because the president or government said we needed to you know no i do like no i do understand that but people were really harsh on whether you got them or not people oh, had I know. such a Absolutely. But what I'm saying is, say the president was like, hey, there are aliens and they're dangerous and like we need to find them without giving a whole lot of explanation onto what the heck you're looking for. You're setting up a super dangerous situation. Like any person who looks a little different than others could be a target. Yeah. Anybody who's, I don't know, more intelligent, like any, anybody that has anything. Permission for everyone to kill. Right. (laughs) And so the government setting that as a precedent is not okay. It's an extremely dangerous situation. Um, And there was legal framework put into place that really drove home the fear of witchcraft and support to eliminate anybody that could be perceived as a threat. So this was the Witchcraft Act of 1563. This officially made witchcraft a capital crime which could be punishable by death. Clearly this law was very flawed from the beginning um, and there was also no clear definition as to what was witchcraft. And again, that is a problem. This act, whether they knew it or not, when it passed, had deadly consequences. And what's really wild is there, like like I said, there was no clear definition as what they constitute as witchcraft. They basically just stated that if the person, that you would get the death penalty if you had caused harm on another person, which again, very broad because emotional we, harm, physical harm, <laughs> what right, kind of or harm? did they cause any harm at all? I mean, look at the infamous Anne Putnam yeah. of the Salem witch trials who just made shit up. We're like, well, she wouldn't be shaking over there had you not cast that spell that nobody saw you cast. Yeah. Well, they didn't cause harm. You know, like it's just, it's way too broad. Um, and no proof had to really exist that anything happened. Yeah. So lastly, causing the witch hunts to blow way out, blow, blow way out of control 
control as there were no safeguards that were put into place to protect people from false accusations. If you were accused, you had very few rights, which also made it very easy for people that had some kind of personal vendetta against you to just point the finger and you just be hauled off to jail, then tortured into a confession. So this is the landscape going on in Scotland. So it's set up for a very ugly scene that's going to unfold. What they thought they knew about witches was they... (laughs) These were maybe some of the qualities that a person had, but it was not limited to these qualities. I'm scared. You should be scared. (laughs) A hairy lip. Oh, That might be a witch. Fuck you, Ashley. I don't have a hairy lip. You, Lainey. No, that wasn't Lainey. (laughs) Sunken in cheeks might be a witch. Having a familiar like a cat or a toad, which I'm sure plenty of people had cats. Scars, birthmarks, third nipple. Consorting with the devil, which again, very broad because there, I don't know any proof of anybody consorting with the devil in any of these. This is, sorry, this is kind of random, but when we were talking about not having any, like there were no protections for false accusations. One of Hammurabi's code, which you know, Hammurabi's famous code of eye for an eye. Mm -hmm. He did also have a code that basically if you accuse somebody of witchcraft and they were not witches, you would be put to death because you made a false accusation. Good. Which... Thank you. Like, have a harsh penalty for that. The Ann Putnams of the world who just want to point their finger at everybody. Yeah, no, there should definitely be a penalty. Penalty? So now let's talk about one of Scotland's most notorious witch hunts. This is the North Berwick Witch Trials, which, interestingly, was inspiration for Macbeth. Oh. By by Shakespeare. Oh. I thought you meant by Casey Deborah. No. So quick premise of Macbeth. Uh, three witches tell a Scottish general, Macbeth, that he's going to be king of Scotland, which leads him to kill the king of Scotland. And then he became king. And there, I, I definitely forgot to put it in here. But yeah, there's like the beginning. They actually talk about this beginning part that I'm going to, well, it's not the beginning part. The witches in North Berwick is actually part of the beginning of Macbeth. Got so it. in the Ireland episode, we talked a, just a touch on the North Berwick witch trials. This all started Halloween night, 1590. So here's the lead up to what happened. King James was going to be marrying the 14-year-old Danish princess Anne of Denmark. And here's my next line. And yes, she's young, but they were eight years apart. So not as the, it's not not the the usual gross. Yeah. Yeah. Not the usual gross of how marriage was back then. Well, I'd be fearful that she's 14 and he's like 60 or something. Yeah. King Henry VIII was like semi, like his first wife was older than him. And then he's get, he's with people his age. And then he goes to like really young. It's just gross. so, So gross. So he attempted to get to her a few times, but there were storms that were causing him to turn back. It wasn't safe. And actually a boat carrying their wedding gifts and about 40 people that were on it sank. Oh, that's a bummer. So, and, and like they all died. Oh, that's really sad. I was just thinking of the loss of gifts not life oh there were 40 lost lives one of them was actually the lady in waiting to uh anne of denmark so she lost one of her um what do you call them court like, like the women in court or yeah designated survivor <clears throat> not designated survivor <laughs> it's not how it works so the king himself decided to go to norway to marry his bride he did get there by november married but was still inconvenienced by the storm and by the time he got there it was actually their second wedding he sent a proxy for their first ceremony that he could not make it to which wait he sent um, a husband and a stand-in yes he sent in a stand-in i'm pretty sure if casey couldn't make it to our wedding i would have postponed nobody does that today i don't i've never heard anyone doing that i would not want to would you not be married to that person like i feel like we just had a ceremony together okay but yeah they're like king and queen or whatever that's not like all your friends who know you they're like that's not casey oh casey's got a cold we're pretending it's casey Everybody call him Casey for the day. So the king did go spend some time in Denmark, which is where they started a lot of witch trials. And King James pulled out his notepad and he sat down and he took notes. So the king and his new bride could not make it back to the British Isles until May. So there was about like a seven to eight month time lapse, you know, from when he he was over in um, the British Isles. He was across the pond. So this, this wasn't until after another major storm hit on the way home, nearly killing the king and Anne of Denmark. So that must have seriously traumatized him because he wanted to blame somebody. So rumors started circling that all these storms... There storm- in the sea. Yeah, literally. <gasps> rumors started circling about all these storms were actually conjured up by witches. So King James started to become convinced that a group of witches from North Berwick, Scotland were to blame because there was a shipwreck in Scotland and there were some survivors and some 
those survivors, he thought, went out to sea to conjure the storm and then like, whoops, had a shipwreck. And because they survived, they must be witches. That thought process is just insane. Like, you just survived a major storm. A shipwreck had to be traumatizing. Could you imagine placing yourself, though, into actually truly feeling like that happened? How scary that would be. That would be scary. (laughs) If I survived a shipwreck, you know what? I'm going to go to America. I know, like, y'all are barely settled over there. I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to see myself out. (laughs) Yes. So this ship was named the Anna. So he believed that they sailed out and conjured up the storm. And like I said, he hated witchcraft. And even after these witch trials in 1597, he wrote a book called Demonology, which was <laughs> about witchcraft and demonic magic. So just doesn't seem like the right person for that job. Yeah. he. I mean, he essentially led a, like a crusade against witchcraft. So North Berwick before this was fairly, I don't want to say insignificant. I don't mean that in an ugly way, but was not really a significant town at the time. Like it was a very quiet fishing community with very little to note about it. So at least 70 people are going to end up being rounded up, tortured, and put on trial. So first let's talk about the torture that they used at the time. Okay, so one of the forms of torture, and I've read this in a couple different ways. So this is the boot. So the boot was, the boot. The boot. That's the great start. Was a device used to crush the lower legs and the feet of the accused person. Oh no. But I also read, and so it's essentially in this form of the boot, it's going to often start like breaking the feet bones and the leg bones um, because it's just essentially getting crushed. But then another version of the boot that I read from collection dot sciencemuseumgroup.org.uk. It was a riveted iron sheet to hold boiling oil for torture purposes. So boiling oil or water was held in essentially a boot. It, oh, it's oftentimes also called foot roasting, which is exactly what it is. So the boot was filled with cold liquid and then heated with the foot inside until it was scalding. And obviously they're trying to torture you into a confession. Yeah. Sleep deprivation, which probably doesn't need to be explained, but that can, without sleep, people become disoriented, mentally weakened, physically weakened, weakened, um, and that was used very often. The strapado was a suspension torture. The accused's hands were tied behind their back and they were suspended, bound by their wrists. So this would obviously cause extreme pain and often dislocate their shoulders. Wait, so is your body like straight up and you're, they're behind you and you're bound by your wrists? You're, so would you so go your up? hands are tied behind your back and then you're being lifted up by your wrists. So, so it's going to start breaking you. like your shoulder. Oh, Shoulder blades. Uh, Needle pricking. People were subjected to needle pricking where needles or pins were inserted into various parts of the body. It says that it was intended to find the witch's mark. Basically, like I said, third nipple, birthmark, scars, all can be like the mark of the devil on people. Sounds like acupuncture. Yes, this does sound like acupuncture. So often they would shave the person and then basically just start pricking them. You would think you would see a scar or nipple after you've shaven and declose someone. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Let me prick them and then it will appear. Like maybe some, yeah, something will appear. Uh, the swim test was used very commonly. So they would bound them by their hands and feet, throw them in the water. If they floated, it was an indication that they were guilty and they were witches. Because witches were thought to be buoyant because they're supernatural. And if they, they would be killed if they floated. Yes, that's exactly what would happen. If they died or drowned, I should say drowned, we they were innocent. But you're, you know, you drowned. Pressing. Mm-mm. Heavy Mm-mm. weights or stones were placed on the accused chest, gradually increasing, making it difficult to breathe and would often force a confession. Uh, the pilney winks or the thumb screws. Uh, oh, God. Thumb screws were devices applied to the thumbs or fingers of the accused person. Uh, by turning the screws, pressure was applied to the fingers, causing intense pain and often permanent damage. And caspy claws, hot iron to burn or sear someone into a confession. So it sounds like the, the water one, that's the only one that actually kills. Everything else is torture. Well, pressing could kill you too. Depends. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But yes. Yes. Everything else would just cause severe. Yeah. Severe. I almost want to think I would ask to be drowned. Like, I don't want to go through just, all that. 
Just drown me. the acupuncture one is like really just a, a little prick. If it's like really sticking all the way in you, I don't. I need to know how big these needles are. It's it's, it's are all going to be extremely bad needles? because yeah, they're not going to do it gently because even if it's a false confession, it's nevertheless a confession and it's not going to be seen as false. Oh, she said she's a witch, even though I had to press her to death and she nearly died. She said she's a witch. She admitted it. And many, many, most everybody, almost everybody. I don't want to say absolutely everybody but almost everybody would confess due to the intense torture. And that's why torture is so controversial. Oh, yeah, I know. That's horrible. Especially, like, it happened so much back then, but even today with, like, interrogating people into a confession, like, that's still a pretty big thing. I'll tell you, I'll just cave, so no one has to... Yeah, and I'm thinking about my feet going into a boiling boot. Like, I would be like, I'm a witch! <laughs> so it's my whole family! Oh my god! Jeez, Laney! Throw salt under the bus! I'm kidding. But, like, losing your feet to, like, then what, what you got? Wheelchairs weren't that great. Well, then guess what? Boots. Now I get the boot, because you just named me, and now I'm gonna have I to name somebody. Name you. But it But you can see how that is a vicious cycle, is yeah. that you name a person because this excruciating torture and then I'm sitting there and then I end up having to name somebody because they're asking you like yeah who else is involved you're probably not the only one yeah so here's a name you might recognize Lainey Galus Duncan was one of the early accused in this witch trial oh my gosh I get to wait who she figures out who Galus Duncan is I was gonna ask if you had cricket sounds on the board because I don't know <laughs> Galus Duncan from Outlander oh I would man I suck I yeah, know. I really thought you'd get that. I didn't know you'd be staring at me like, who are you talking about? Galus Duncan. No, I didn't remember She was that. a real accused witch. Yeah, okay. So she was the servant to David Seaton. Um, she wasn't well-educated, and many weren't, but especially women. Um, he said that she frequently went missing at night and was suddenly this amazing healer, and he thought that was sus. So he threw her <laughs> under the bus pretty quickly once the witch hunts had begun. And under torture, she named several others that were allegedly involved in witchcraft. David Seaton himself used the pilney winks, the thumb screws, as torture. Her boss tortured her into a confession. So after she was arrested, she'd been stripped and shaved, and they did find a mark, but it was on her throat, where I imagine she did not have hair. So she was stripped and shaved, probably for no reason. Yeah. Jackasses. It seemed entirely unnecessary. So she confessed December 1590. Uh, she said that a large coven had met July 31st, 1590 to bring the death upon the, upon King James. So she said her and other coven members would meet on a boat, drink wine, and sometimes stay there for a couple of days. Uh, Galus Duncan did accuse several of witchcraft. She named as many as 60 people as witches. What? Yes. That is quite the story if it's made up that we all gathered here, we drink wine on this day, there's 60 people I remember the names of. But she said that there were as many as 200 on Halloween night 1590. It was her confession that ignited the witch trials in North Berwick. But in her defense again, it was under torture. And it's, but it's truly unfortunate that so many people were named because at least those 60 people were brought in. But like I said, or I think I said, upwards of 200 were actually brought to trial over this. Now, I don't want to turn this into an Outlander podcast, but I remember running into her and helping her, right? You remember running into her and helping her? <sighs> On Outlander. I remember the main character running into her. Claire. Yes. See, I yes. can barely even remember her name. You think I remember something Okay, Duncan? I guess I'm like way more invested in that show than you are. Because I'm like, she will blow her cap when I say Kayla Stumpton <laughs> and you were like... Hell. Huh? <laughs> I can never even remember the two main characters' names. It's so oh funny. Oh my god, Claire and Jamie! Jamie, he's so now we're in his land. Okay, so Galus, okay, I, I guess it's just an outlander spoiler alert, but Galus was also from the future. Yeah, it was just like a brief moment yeah. though. And her and Claire were both in a witch trial, yeah. looked at as witches. Uh-huh. Now I have to go back. I have no idea if they called that the North Berwick, but the, the it's completely unrelated. It had nothing to do with that. And yes, she did help Claire. In that okay. witch trial, she did, she said she was a witch and she said, here's the devil's mark, but she was showing us a uh, uh, was it a smallpox vaccine? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the little yeah. thought. Yeah. And then that's when Jamie was like, uh, Claire, you also have that same mark. So, like, explain yourself. Uh, but then Gayless ended up in another season going a little bonkers. Yeah. 
No. Okay. I, I yeah, I would not have even thought that that was like a real history moment. Mm-hmm. I know that's the show has a lot of history moments, but yeah, would not have guessed that when you're like, what, which is this? Yeah. I mean, it's historical fiction. So there are some real characters and real yeah. events. So on the day of her execution, uh, she did try to recant everything, but nobody's going to listen. Um, and she was executed December 4th, 1591 in Edinburgh. Galus Duncan named Agnes Sampson as the elder witch and that the ship that had wrecked in Scotland, that I told you guys about earlier, the Anna, she was a survivor. So Samson was both a healer and a midwife, kind of a double whammy. So she was a gifted healer and midwife, having cured many ailments during her time, healing her neighbors through herbs and through prayer. So nothing indicated that she was consorting with the devil in any way whatsoever. They said she was the like leader. Yeah. <sighs> that blows. That does blow. That's put very lightly. Sorry. It blows chunks, man. Uh, she was immediately under suspicion when she survived the shipwreck, but Galus pretty much sealed the deal for her on her execution when she was named as the lead witch. So under torture, she also confessed to witchcraft. The torture is definitely cruel and unusual punishment. They primarily with her use sleep deprivation. They also shaved her from head to toe and they burned her through friction. So they used a rope to friction burn her into a confession. She also got the pilney winks, which is the thumb screws. She got beatings and supposedly, I only saw it in one source, but she supposedly was also raped into confession, confessing. So she was loved and a respected person in her community. So the fact that she went down that way makes it infinitely more tragic. So sad. That's everything. Yes. Like, and I don't know, like, Gayless Duncan's, you know, obviously I don't understand that and I can't really blame her because who knows how she was tortured. And you're probably like led into confessing certain things. Like she might not have said Agnes Sampson off the top of her head. Mm -hmm. They may have tried to guide that conversation, which I mean, you see that in police interrogation sometimes when they are like guiding the person into confessing into something very specific that they want them to say. Mm -hmm. They may have already been suspicious of her because she survived that shipwreck. And they were like, did Samson do this? Did she do this? No, no, no. And then she was tortured into saying yes is how I imagine it went down. I don't think she just pulled that name out of a hat. Is that how a pilney wink works? Like, is it just squishing down on your thumb? I think it's multiple fingers. So they probably have it for multiple fingers, but it might be primarily the thumb. I mean, the thumb is a very important finger. I mean, it looks like you can only fit two fingers at a time. Yeah, that one one does just look like Um, I just saw fingers. But interesting. I'm glad I looked it up because I was thinking it was like screwing this way, which would like peel the nail up. Oh. I didn't know it was like squishing it down. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, it's like crushing bone. I mean, either way, they're both painful sounding. Mm -hmm. So Samson said, and I cannot emphasize this enough, she said it under torture, that on Halloween 1590, they had met with a group of soon-to-be-accused witches who went to the same... St. Andrew's Kirk, a church situated seaside, which also seemed very convenient if you're trying to bring on a storm to kill the king. So they were dancing around the church, chanting, conjuring up the storm that would bring harm to King James and consorting with the devil. The coven allegedly met there regularly. Again, set under torture. She made, she said that they had made packs with the devil, that she also confessed to having sex with the devil and to have eaten flesh of babies. Oh. Again, I sincerely doubt that happened. Fornication with the devil and the flesh of babies. That sounds horrible. Horrible. Not a night of passion. And she really. tried to recant her confession because this was all said under duress, but nobody's paying attention. The hysteria went, uh, the, it, it, they had like gone way too far into the hysteria to turn back. Yeah. Um. So here's an excerpt from the trial and it is written from the time. So I will break it down into layman's terms. So the aforesaid Agnes Sampson, which was the elder witch, was taken and brought to Hallyrood Palace before the King's Majesty and sundry other the nobility of Scotland, where she was straightly examined, but all the persuasions which the king majesty used to her, and the king was involved in these interrogations and the trials, actively involved. King majesty used to her with ye rest of his counsel, might not provoke or induce her to confess anything, but stood stiffly in the the denial of all that was laid to her, whereupon they caused her to be canoeed away to prison. Sorry. Canoeed? 
<laughs> yeah, that was canoeed, right? I don't know. It's a weird word. C-O-N-U-E-I-E-D. Canoeed away to prison. There to rescue, I think, or no, there to receive such torture as hath been lately provided for the witches in that country. So essentially, the elder Agnes Sampson, who was known as a prominent witch, was taken to Holyrood Palace before the king and several other Scottish nobles. She was closely questioned, but despite the king and his council's attempts to persuade her, she refused to admit anything. She steadfastly denied all the accusations against her. As a result, they had taken her to prison to undergo the torture that had recently been introduced for witches in the country. And then it continues on. I'm not going to try and read from the time because it's very confusing to me. Uh, They had discovered that the devil typically marks witches with a secret mark. Witches had admitted that the devil licks them in hidden parts of their body before accepting them as his servants. This mark is usually placed under the hair on a certain part of their body, making it hard to find even through search. As long as the mark is not visible to those examining them, the marked individual often refuses to confess to anything. By a specific order, Agnes Sampson had all of her body shaved off and her head was bound with a rope, a very painful ordeal that lasted for nearly an hour. During this time, she didn't confess anything. However, when the devil's mark was discovered in a private area of her body, she immediately confessed to everything, everything that she was asked about, confirming that the individuals mentioned earlier were indeed notorious witches. Okay, so that was me retranslating that. So they violated her so much, so she finally decided to... Yeah. That's insane. I can't imagine that shock of, like, in your head, you're like, they're not going to find anything. And then if they find right, exactly. something, get then I can have like, a weird mark on me on parts of my body. I can't bend to see that way. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. No. That's, I have a huge scar on my back. <laughs> that's really scary. What if I got put back in time? What if, what if I, like Claire, touch, touch the stones and go back in time? Like, they'll find it real quick. <laughs> Yeah, it's my entire spine. spine. Yes. She was interrogated at the Holyrood house by King James himself and ultimately was strangled to death and then burned on January 28th, 1591 after being falsely accused. Then the government seized everything she owned. Her story has been told now for hundreds of years as a reminder to the dangers of superstition. And you can find she's a she's a very important person in that historical uh, event. So you can easily find Agnes Sampson. So another key figure in the trials was, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, you... Do you think it's it's Euphem or Euphame? Yeah, Euphem. Euphem Macalzian. Uh, so Euphem Macalzian. She was a wealthy Scottish heiress. She had money and a lot of land, and especially for a woman, that was significant. She was the daughter of Thomas Macalzian, who was Lord Clifton and highly respected judge in Edinburgh. She was his heir, so he had passed away. So under torture, she confessed to trying to kill her husband and other family members. They said that she would use magic to bewitch her husband. One of her actual real gifts was was trying to alleviate pain from women after childbirth. The actual words used was she used her skills to relieve the God-ordained pain of women giving birth. God-ordained pain. Just to interject, I forgot that in Middle English and Old English, U is pronounced a V. A V. So yeah. Conveyed. Oh, yeah, conveyed. Most of those I did translate to a V in that one. I was like, that's canoeed. Not canoeed. <laughs> See, that's why I didn't go and finish the rest of that in Old English, because I was just going to embarrass myself. Well, I like so canoeed. I, I thought of a canoe, and someone's canoeing themselves. Yeah. It yeah, I, it's so confusing. Yeah, so I, I did, like, I went in and, like, retranslated that, because I was like, un- help me understand. Okay, I use ChatGPT for that. ChatGPT, please retranslate this for me so I understand what the heck this is saying. So yeah, God ordained pain of women in giving child or giving childbirth, giving birth. Um, I don't like that. Mm-mm. Yeah, like yes, there is pain that's associated with childbirth, thousand percent. Okay, anybody who's given birth has probably felt some kind of pain there. But if you can alleviate it through like herbs and stuff like that, I don't think no. that that upsets God. No, I don't think God is. I don't want to speak for him. Hurt other moms more than other moms. Our bodies are all just so different. Yeah. So screw that guy. So according to King James, that would make her a witch because she was trying to alleviate pain from women. God, she's such a godsend and they're saying that she is a witch. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. So according to the time period, uh, women are supposed to go through that pain. So God put that pain on women and it wasn't supposed to be alleviated. So she ended up being burned alive. June 25th, 1591. And the king seized all of her property and gave it to his friends. Oh, gross. So that like also her, her convenient. Her family's 
doesn't even get anything of hers? No, I and I it was very difficult. I found one source that said like there was an apology to I think her children later on, but I don't think they got her stuff back. But I'm not a, a I did try and look into that and I found one article that briefly mentioned it, but then I couldn't find anything else to confirm yeah. that. So And so you're sorry you killed my mom and took all of her stuff. I have nothing to remember her by besides the memories. Mm-hmm. And and like her dad was such a prominent person that that was I don't know if like disgrace is the right word, but it like that kind of brought disgrace on the family that now his daughter, who is associated with him, is kind of has that witch title now attached to her. Yeah. So uh Samson's can Confession. Agnes Sampson, one of her confessions led to Dr. Fian being accused of witchcraft, or he's being accused of being a sorcerer. He suddenly possessed knowledge of magic and covens, uh, which made him super sus. But he was also a schoolmaster, which is possible he just possessed a lot of knowledge of different things. The original Hogwarts creator? What? Schoolmaster? Sorcerer? No. No? <laughs> schoolmaster reminds me of... Matilda? No. <laughs> Oh, gosh, no. No, it reminds me of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, because Ichabod Crane was, they called him a schoolmaster. Oh. It's just not a term we use today. Um, So he confessed to being a sorcerer under torture, tried to recant his story, but it, of course, is going to be used against him in court anyway, and he was also executed. So in all, somewhere between 70 to 200 people were executed in the North Berwick witch trials. That number greatly varies because it was one of the largest witch hunts and most notorious in Scotland. And how long did that last again? I'm sorry. Uh, it lasted for a few years. I think most of it happened within about a year. So under King James VI, approximately 4,000 people were accused of witchcraft and at least 2,500 were executed just under his reign alone. Oh, gosh. So that man was not just sipping the Kool-Aid. He was making it and passing it out. Me, and like nice. I said, I mean, he wrote a book all about witchcraft and basically why we should go look for them and execute them. It's also worth mentioning that this was a hundred years before the Salem witch trials. In most of Europe, Scotland included, they burned witches for execution. Sometimes they burned them alive. I I think sometimes it was afterwards. And not that that makes it any better, but the Salem witch trials, most of them were hanged. So I don't know if that hundred year difference, they chose sort of less barbaric methods of execution. Well, it sounds like they're both awful, um, except here in Europe back then it was more torture, torture, torture. Mm-hmm. Whereas in our Salem witch trials, it was let's shame you in front of everyone, then hang you or burn you or mm-hmm. hang, then burn you. Like there wasn't, it was torturous, I'm sure, but like there, not, yeah. not the thumbs and the boots and yeah. the weird shit. One person was actually pressed to death in the Salem witch trials, which which that is barbaric. Yeah. Um, Isn't that one the horse thing? What do you call it? No, they literally keep putting stones on your chest. No, but didn't they do that during the witch trials? The the limbs and the horses? or something. Yeah, I forget what that's called. When the horses run away and take your limbs off. Oh, I I don't remember. I'm not sure I remember that with the Salem witch trials, but I'm not saying that's wrong. I could be confusing it with American Horror Story, which they talk about that, but it could be totally just in the show. Uh, So in the years that followed these witch trials, thousands more in Scotland would face the same fate. Most of them of lower social class, which I don't think is a coincidence. They didn't have well-known reputations or people that would be able to come to their defense. But honestly, a lot of that didn't matter because look what happened to, to Eufame. I mean, she had a prominent father, land, and it was just given away. So... There are people with money, too, that, of course, are conveniently going to be called witches, and then their stuff is going to be taken away by the government. Yeah, that's really screwed up. So, and most of the witches, witches, accused witches, are, of course, women. So, Do we know any known stories of men witches? Watch Dr. Fian, he was a man. Yeah, true. You literally just said. um, Yes. I just gave you a hint. There were some, (laughs) just not many. Somewhere between, it depends where you're looking, but between like 75 to 85% are women. Yeah. Um, So as far as haunting goes, like I said, um, I've read that St. Andrew's Kirk in North Berwick does have some activity, but it would appear that the spirit of Agnes Sampson actually haunts the Holyrood house in Edinburgh. That's where she was tortured and that's where she was executed. And executed, she was burned there. So this property is going to be on an episode in the near future. 
so we will have a actual spooky Scotland episode. But don't forget about the North Berwick trials and those involved. We will be bringing them up again, especially when we talk about the Holyrood house. Um, Agnes Sampson haunts the Holyrood house. But like I said, this one didn't have much in the way of hauntings, but it was also like very scattered. There wasn't like very specific locations that all these things happened. Well, I think you're cutting yourself a little short. You said it wasn't that spooky and to me bodily torture is terrifying so i was spooked at the that last half spooky. i was very scared <laughs> uh, but no you always do a great job with the history so i thoroughly enjoyed it you did well done well done thank you let me just get through a little bit more and then you can congratulate me i thought you were done <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry Wrap it up. So it's crazy to think about that most of the accused witches throughout history never identified as witches. And many of them were Christian and a lot were healers who may create concoctions or potions. And some of that was actually to combat witchcraft, not to be witches. Also, like what I kind of just said, a lot of those potions were in no way related to witchcraft. It was to alleviate pain, stomach aches, headaches, depression, any ailment. You basically only had herbs to go to. And superstition was wild back then. You'd get advice like from a doctor or a healer or whatever, like walk backwards 10 paces and your headache will be cured. Like just nonsensical advice that today, honestly, like advice like that just makes you sound OCD. It's not consorting with the devil kind of advice. Um, But people in Scotland love their stories and folklore, especially especially rural Scotland. That, I mean, that was the only form of entertainment, honestly. But at some point, it started to get used as fact. So what do we learn from this? My hope is by continuously telling these stories, we don't repeat the same mistakes. Um, That's why I've always loved history because we learn from the past and hopefully we're not going to repeat it. We don't want to be doomed to repeat those same past mistakes. And it's not likely, like Ashley, you're talking about a witch trial. There's not going to be another witch trial. And you're probably right. Um, But specifically, it won't specifically be witch trials. Are you familiar with the Crucible? It's about the Salem witch trials. Yeah. Okay. Arthur Miller wrote that during the Cold War area. Area, I keep doing that. Era, because everybody was, you're a communist, you're a communist. And in America at the time, you don't want to be classified as communist. No. You would be blacklisted. I mean, there's lots of different things that could happen. So he wrote that book as a demonstration that this is a modern day witch hunt. Yeah. So we can't forget these stories because there are a lot of lessons to be learned here. No, they can absolutely happen just in different forms. Okay, so are we ready for arbitrary anecdotes? Yes. Okay. That's why I'm here. For the arbitrary anecdotes. Casey made up that name, by the way. So I believe we brought up broomsticks in our Ireland Ireland episode, but I read from History Magazine, and I wanted to share this. So-called witches made potions from a variety of plants, some of which had hallucinogenic properties. These concoctions could be absorbed through glands in their legs. Witches were believed to smear their concoctions on wooden staffs. The witches would then mount the staff, and the hallucinogenic compound would bring erratic behavior. This was actual evidence used in a trial in the 1300s in Ireland. An accused witch by the name of Alice Keitler, Keitler. Keitler. Uh, was accused of keeping keeping a staff in her closet along with some concoction that she made and used to grease up her staff and gallop around on. Also, one uh, theologian in the 1500s reported that the witches confessed that on certain days or nights they anoint a staff and pride on it to a pointed place or anoint themselves under their arms or other hairy places. Hairy places? So, supposedly, they would grease up wood with some concoction that would make them hallucinate, and that's how broomsticks came to be. Broomsticks and witches got associated with each other. I'm really glad you dissected that for me, because I'm like, what do you mean they hopped on some staff? A wooden, so a wooden staff, but a broomstick would be a wooden staff. So between 1500 and 1800, over 50,000 people were executed for witchcraft in Europe. 75% of them were women. Lastly, North Berwick was named one of UK's best places to live in 2020. What? That is an interesting fact. (laughs) But not interesting that... Would you call it an arbitrary anecdote? Yes, I would. Yeah. Seems like they turned things around and bounced back. It did. did The pictures did look very beautiful, and we will put a picture on uh, the Instagram. Um, Instagram. The Instagram. 
I'm a hundred. Hey, I'm glad you didn't say the grab. Oh, I did say the gram last one. I sound a hundred either way. If I try to sound like a young, a youngin, or if I just talk normally. <laughs> it's gonna be lit. It's so lit, you guys. So we've got a lot coming up and we can't uh, wait to share it with you guys. Um, if you would like to send us a recommendation, you can do that at hauntedrepod at gmail.com. Or if you would like to send us a really, uh, really, an interesting real estate story, we would love to hear it. Don't forget that... I am a realtor in the Houston market, so I like real estate stories too. It doesn't have to be haunted. And don't um, forget, I'm not a realtor in the real estate market, but I like real estate stories too. She does. And just let us know if it's something you want us to share on the podcast or not, so we don't like accidentally share your business. And go follow us on Instagram. Did I already say that? Go follow us on Instagram. No, <laughs> I did You post a picture on that. I did. That's, I was like, wait, I did just say Instagram. Uh, go follow us on Instagram at haunted.real.estate, and please If you could, go rate and review us on, I would say, your preferred podcast platform, but not all podcast platforms have a rating option. But it helps us get more listeners like you, so we would be very grateful for that. And if you are feeling like donating any amount that your heart is feeling, we do have a Venmo, and it is at HauntedRE. Make sure if you do that to please leave us a property um, that you'd like us to cover, or tell us where you're from, and we will find a property to cover for you. And we would greatly appreciate it if you did donate, because Ashley might stop bumping into the table every episode. Yeah, I need a table, you guys. <laughs> and Lainey needs a chair that's not five miles away from the microphone because she likes to sit way back. I'm chilling, it, man. It makes me crazy. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>